Chapter Twenty Three of Tales of a Traveler by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Painter's Adventure. I am an historical painter by profession, and resided for some time in the family of a foreign prince at his villa about fifteen miles from Rome among some of the most interesting scenery of italy it is situated on the heights of ancient tusculum in this neighbourhood are the ruins of the villas of cicero sulla lasulus rufinus and other illustrious romans who sought refuge here occasionally from their toils in the bosom of a soft and luxurious repose from the midst of delightful bowers refreshed by the pure mountain breeze the eye looks over a romantic landscape full of poetical and historical associations the albanian mountains tivoli once the favorite residence of horus and Massinaeus, the vast deserted campania with the tiber running through it and st peter's dome swelling in the midst the monument as it were over the grave of ancient rome i assisted the prince in the researches he was making among the classic ruins of his vicinity his exertions were highly successful many wrecks of admirable statues and fragments of exquisite sculpture were dug up monuments of the taste and magnificence that reigned in the ancient tusculan abodes he had studded his villa and its grounds with statues relievos vases and sarcophagi thus retrieved from the bosom of the earth the mode of life pursued at the villa was delightfully serene diversified by interesting occupations and elegant leisure every one passed the day according to his pleasure or occupation and we all assembled in a cheerful dinner party at sunset it was on the fourth of november a beautiful serene day that we had assembled in the saloon at the sound of the first dinner bell the family were surprised at the absence of the prince's confessor they waited for him in vain and at length placed themselves at the table they first attributed his absence to his having prolonged his customary walk and the first part of the dinner passed without any uneasiness when the dessert was served however without his making his appearance they began to feel anxious they feared he might have taken ill in some alley of the woods or that he might have fallen into the hands of robbers at the interval of a small valley rose the mountains of the abruzzi the stronghold of banditti indeed the neighbourhood had for some time been infested by them and barbone a notorious bandit chief had often been met prowling about the solitudes of tusculum the daring enterprises of these ruffians were well known the objects of their cupidity or vengeance were insecure even in palaces as yet they had respected the possessions of the prince but the idea of such dangerous spirits hovering about the neighbourhood was sufficient to occasion alarm the fears of the company increased as evening closed in the prince ordered out forest guards and domestics with flambeaux to search for the confessor they had not departed long when a slight noise was heard in the corridor of the ground floor the family were dining on the first floor and the remaining domestics were occupied in attendance there was no one on the ground floor at this moment but the housekeeper 
the laundress and three field laborers who were resting themselves and conversing with the women i heard the noise from below and presuming it to be occasioned by the return of the absentee i left the table and hastened downstairs eager to gain intelligence that might relieve the anxiety of the prince and princess i had scarcely reached the last step when i beheld before me a man dressed as a bandit a carbine in his hand and a stiletto and pistols in his belt his countenance had a mingled expression of ferocity and trepidation he sprang upon me and exclaimed exultingly ico il principi i saw at once into what hands i had fallen but endeavoured to summon up coolness and presence of mind a glance towards the lower end of the corridor showed me several ruffians clothed and armed in the same manner with the one who had seized me they were guarding the two females and the field labourers the robber who held me firmly by the collar demanded repeatedly whether or not i were the prince his object evidently was to carry off the prince and extort an immense ransom he was enraged at receiving none but vague replies for i felt the importance of misleading him a sudden thought struck me how i might extricate myself from his clutches i was unarmed it is true but i was vigorous his companions were at a distance by a sudden exertion i might wrest myself from him and spring up the staircase whether he would not dare to follow me singly the idea was put in execution as soon as conceived the ruffian's throat was bare with my right hand i seized him by it just between the mastoids with my left hand i grasped the arm which held the carbine the suddenness of my attack took him completely unawares and the strangling nature of my grasp paralyzed him he choked and faltered i felt his hand relaxing its hold and was on the point of jerking myself away and darting up the staircase before he could recover himself when i was suddenly seized by some one from behind i had to let go of my grasp the bandit once more released fell upon me with fury and gave me several blows with the butt-end of his carbine one of which wounded me severely in the forehead and covered me with blood he took advantage of my being stunned to rifle me of my watch and whatever valuables i had about my person when i recovered from the effects of the blow i heard the voice of the chief of the banditti who exclaimed quello e il principe siamo contente odiamo it is the prince enough let us be off the band immediately closed round me and dragged me out of the palace bearing off the three labourers likewise i had no hat on and the blood was flowing from my wound i managed to staunch it however with my pocket handkerchief which i bound round my forehead the captain of the band conducted me in triumph supposing me to be the prince we had gone some distance before he learned his mistake from one of the laborers his rage was terrible it was too late to return to the villa and endeavor to retrieve his error for by this time the alarm must have been given and every one in arms he darted at me a furious look swore i had deceived him and caused him to miss his fortune and told me to prepare for death the rest of the robbers were equally furious i saw their hands upon their poignards and i knew that death was seldom an empty menace with these ruffians the laborers saw the peril into which their information had betrayed me and eagerly assured the captain that i was a man for whom the prince would pay a great ransom this produced a pause for my part i cannot say that i had been much dismayed by their menaces i mean not much to make any boast of courage 
but i have been so schooled to hardship during the late revolutions and have beheld death around me in so many perilous and disastrous scenes that i have become in some measure callous to its terrors the frequent hazard of life makes a man at length as reckless of it as a gambler of his money to their threat of death i replied that the sooner it was executed the better this reply seemed to astonish the captain and the prospect of ransom held out by the laborers had no doubt a still greater effect on him he considered for a moment assumed a calmer manner and made a sign to his companions who had remained waiting for my death warrant forward said he we will see about this matter by and by we descended rapidly towards the road of la malara which leads to roca priori in the midst of this road is a solitary inn the captain ordered the troop to halt at the distance of a pistol shot from it and enjoined profound silence he then approached the threshold alone with noiseless steps he examined the outside of the door very narrowly and then returning precipitately made a sign for the troop to continue its march in silence it has since been ascertained that this is one of the infamous inns which are the secret resorts of banditti the innkeeper had an understanding with the captain as he most probably had with the chiefs of the different bands when any of the patrols and gendarmes were quartered at his house the brigands were warned of it by a preconcerted signal on the door when there was no such signal they might enter with safety and be sure of welcome many an isolated inn among the lonely parts of the roman territories and especially on the skirts of the mountains have the same dangerous and suspicious character they are places where the banditis gather information where they concert their plans and where the unwary traveller remote from hearing or assistance is sometimes betrayed to the stiletto of the midnight murderer after pursuing our road a little farther we struck off towards the woody mountains which envelop rocco priori our march was long and painful with many circuits and windings at length we clambered a steep ascent covered with a thick forest and when we had reached the centre i was told to seat myself on the earth no sooner had i done so than at a sign from their chief the robbers surrounded me and spreading their great cloaks from one to the other formed a kind of pavilion of mantles to which their bodies might be said to seem as columns the captain then struck a light and a flambeau was lit immediately the mantles were extended to prevent the light of the flambeau from being seen through the forest anxious as was my situation i could not look round upon this screen of dusky drapery relieved by the bright colours of the robbers underdresses the gleaming of their weapons and the variety of strong-marked countenances lit up by the flambeau without admiring the picturesque effect of the scene it was quite theatrical the captain now held an inkhorn and giving me pen and paper ordered me to write what he should dictate i obeyed it was a demand couched in the style of robber eloquence quote, that the prince should send three thousand dollars for my ransom or that my death should be the consequence of a refusal end quote i knew enough of the desperate character of these beings to feel assured this was not an idle menace their only motive in ensuring attention to their demands is to make the infliction of the penalty inevitable i saw at once however that the demand was preposterous and made in improper language i told the captain so and assured him that so extravagant a sum would never be granted that i was neither friend or relative of the prince 
but a mere artist employed to execute certain paintings that i had nothing to offer as a ransom but the price of my labors if this were not sufficient my life was at their disposal it was a thing on which i sat but little value i was the more hardy in my reply because i saw that coolness and hardihood had an effect upon the robbers it is true as i finished speaking the captain laid his hand upon his stiletto but he restrained himself and snatching the letter folded it and ordered me in a peremptory tone to address it to the prince he then dispatched one of the laborers with it to tusculum who promised to return with all possible speed the robbers now prepared themselves for sleep and i was told that i might do the same they spread their great cloaks on the ground and lay down around me one was stationed at a little distance to keep watch and was relieved every two hours the strangeness and wildness of this mountain bivouac among lawless beings whose hands seemed ever ready to grasp the stiletto and with whom life was so trivial and insecure was enough to banish repose the coldness of the earth and of the dew however had a still greater effect than mental causes in disturbing my rest the airs wafted to these mountains from the distant mediterranean diffused a great chilliness as the night advanced an expedient suggested itself i called one of my fellow prisoners the laborers made him lie down beside me whenever one of my limbs became chilled i approached it to the robust limb of my neighbor and borrowed some of his warmth in this way i was able to obtain a little sleep day at length dawned and i was roused from my slumber by the voice of the chieftain he desired me to rise and follow him i obeyed on considering his physiognomy attentively it appeared a little softened he even assisted me in scrambling up the steep forest among rocks and brambles habit had made him a vigorous mountaineer but i found it excessively toilsome to climb those rugged heights we arrived at length the summit of the mountain here it was that i felt all the enthusiasm of my art suddenly awakened and i forgot in an instant all perils and fatigues at this magnificent view of the sunrise in the midst of the mountains of abruzzi it was on these heights that hannibal first pitched his camp and pointed out rome to his followers the eye embraces a vast extent of country the minor height of tusculum with its villas and its sacred ruins lie below the sabine hills and the albanian mountains stretch on either hand and beyond tusculum and frascati spreads out the immense campagna with its line of tombs and here and there a broken aqueduct stretching across it and the towers and domes of the central city in the midst fancy the scene lit up by the glories of a rising sun and bursting upon my sight as i looked forth from among the majestic forests of the abruzzi fancy too the savage foreground made still more savage by groups of the banditti armed and dressed in their wild picturesque manner and you will not wonder the enthusiasm of the painter for a moment overpowered all his other feelings the banditti were astonished at my admiration of a scene which familiarity had made so common in their eyes i took advantage of their halting at this spot drew forth a choir of drawing paper and began to sketch the features of the landscape the height on which i was seated was wild and solitary separated from the ridge of tusculum by a valley nearly three miles wide though the distance appeared less from the purity of the atmosphere this height was one of the favorite retreats of the banditti commanding a lookout over the country while at the same time 
it was covered with forests and distant from the populous haunts of men while i was sketching my attention was called off for a moment by the cries of birds and the bleatings of sheep i looked around but could see nothing of the animals that uttered them they were repeated and appeared to come from the summits of the trees on looking more narrowly i perceived six of the robbers perched on the tops of oaks which grew on the breezy crest of the mountain and commanded an uninterrupted prospect from hence they were keeping a lookout like so many vultures casting their eyes into the depths of the valley below us communicating with each other by signs or holding discourse and sounds which might be mistaken by the wayfarer for the cries of hawks and crows or the bleating of the mountain flocks after they had reconnoitred the neighborhood and finished their singular discourse they descended from their airy perch and returned to their prisoners the captain posted three of them as three naked sides of the mountain while he remained to guard us with what appeared his most trusty companion i had my book of sketches in my hand he requested to see it and after having run his eye over it expressed himself convinced of the truth of my assertion that i was a painter i thought i saw a gleam of good feeling dawning in him and determined to avail myself of it i knew that the worst of men have their good points and their accessible sides if one would but study them carefully indeed there is a singular mixture in the character of the italian robber with reckless ferocity often mingles traits of kindness and good humour is often not radically bad but driven to his course of life by some unpremeditated crime the effect of those sudden bursts of passion to which the italian temperament is prone this has compelled him to take to the mountains or as it is technically termed among them andere in campagna he has become a robber by profession but like a soldier when not in action he can lay aside his weapon and his fierceness and become like other men i took occasion from the observations of the captain on my sketches to fall into conversation with him i found him sociable and communicative by degrees i became completely at my ease with him i had fancied i perceived about him a degree of self-love which i determined to make use of i assumed an air of careless frankness and told him that as artist i pretended to the power of judging with physiognomy that i thought i perceived something in his features and demeanour which announced him worthy of higher fortunes that he was not formed to exercise the profession to which he had abandoned himself that he had talents and qualities fitted for a nobler sphere of action that he had but to change his course of life and in a legitimate career the same courage and endowments which now make him an object of terror would ensure him the applause and admiration of society i had not mistaken my man my discourse both touched and excited him he seized my hand pressed it and replied with strong emotion you have guessed the truth you have judged me rightly he remained for a moment silent then with a kind of effort he resumed i will tell you some particulars of my life and you will perceive that it was the oppression of others rather than my own crimes that drove me to the mountains i sought to serve my fellow-men and they have persecuted me from among them we seated ourselves on the grass and the robber gave me the following anecdotes of his history end of chapter twenty three recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida